Hey everyone, welcome back to High T Hoops. High T Hoops. This is Brian Boucher at the Duke of Hoops, and I am joined by Skylar Smith. What's up, Duchess? Hello, I'm so excited for today's interview. Me too. So today we have a very special guest, Team GB player, Melita Emmanuel Carr. Melita, welcome to the High T Hoops podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. We are so excited. Uh, we had your friend on, Christina Gaskin. We saw that you were announcing a game together. I think it was your first time commenting. Is that right? Yeah, it was first time ever commentating in a game. Um, we wasn't actually together. Um, she's picked it up and was like, oh, uh, this voice sounds familiar. Mel, how does it go? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you should definitely do it. I do it and I enjoy it. So we had a little conversation on Twitter about that. So, oh, nice. And so yeah. what, what game did you know? Tell, tell our audience, what were you uh, commenting on? So um, I was actually the second host, let's say, of the game. Okay. Someone else, I was doing it with someone else, James Veer, a coach at the Barkin Abbey Academy. Yep. And yep. we was commentating the London Lions against, why have I forgotten the team? And I just I know. joke about it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel That's like okay. I watch games and then I completely forget who I just watched. So Also, it's, it's 2020, 2021. It's yeah. just like my mind is on other things. It was the Lions. Okay, I put it now. It's Essex Rebels. Okay, nice. Okay. It, was pretty, it was pretty hard at first because I didn't really know that team too well. I didn't know mm -hmm. any of the players besides one. And then obviously I'm biased because I played for the London Lions before. So yep. it was hard to try and stay balanced, but it was a good experience. I'll definitely do it again. Yeah, that's amazing. So we'll get into that more, but we're going to take it all the way back. Uh, you grew up hooping in the UK. You were on every prestigious team. You went to the to the Commonwealth Games. You've done some incredible things. So what was it like growing up in the UK playing basketball? It was pretty tough. I started playing at the age of 10 and I was playing for a boys team because there was mm -hmm. no female team in my area. So um, I fell in love with the game, literally. I didn't mind playing with the boys. Um mm -hmm created some brothers basically so yeah. uh it was great i think where it was tough is when i was turning teenager i didn't have any role models because mm -hmm. all of the guys were guys so yeah. i had nothing to really look up to there was no nba wnba on the tv so i didn't even know how far in basketball i could get um until i turned about 15 mm -hmm. an american coach came over and um a high school coach and he's like you should come this is kind of everything that we do and straight away I was like yep okay basketball is something that I want to do professionally and I didn't mind taking the steps to to get there and at that time taking the steps were getting to America so yep. um that was the goal it's still the goal for a lot of people here in the UK as well to get out to America um to make a name for yourself out there yeah well mm -hmm. 10 is pretty young from a lot of interviews we've had where you know uh we've talked to people where they started at 17 they started at 18 because they had kind of the the skills and abilities for the sport what actually prompted you to play basketball and start at that kind of early age in the uk so my mom works for the westminster um council in the sporting department and mm -hmm. she had me doing everything i did football <laughs> basketball cricket literally everything um so yeah, she motivated me and my dad as well to just stay active. And I think out of all the sports that I played, basketball kind of called my name out. It was like it picked me kind of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's what prompted me to play. That's amazing to hear. And what was it like transitioning from British basketball to playing in the States and playing college basketball? 
it's huge difference. Yeah, I think here in the UK, coaches are very simple. Um, I had a coach who said to me, why are you putting the ball through your legs? Just go straight <laughs> there. This is not an and one mixtape. <laughs> I got that a lot growing up too, though. So don't worry about that. A lot of fundamentals. Stick to the fundamentals. Yeah, exactly. Keep it simple. So um, going over to the States and I'm seeing everyone doing these moves, everyone having the confidence <laughs> as well to do the moves. I think yeah. that's what, that's the biggest difference, I think, in the UK to... Um, in America, but I have to give England some props as well. I do think um, because we keep the game so simple, we're able to, I think our IQ is a little bit better. I mm. felt like um, even now watching the games as well and watching some of the um, UK players go over to America, I do think that IQ is just a little bit better than um, mm. their age group in America. So I think it, balances it out a little bit yeah well i think you see that a lot with europe too where a lot of the more skilled nba players coming in are from europe um, yeah. because they focus on the fundamentals where i played aau basketball and you're right there's not that fundamentals of coaching it is about a, a lot of flash and athleticism as opposed to getting the fundamentals down even at any size so yeah that's really interesting to hear yeah. that yeah yeah, I played in um, an AAU tournament. How old was I? I think I was about 14 in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first glimpse of American style basketball. And yeah. there was no shot clock. And we could <laughs> not get used to that get into at that. all. We're like, how long are we playing defense for? This is not fair. <laughs> we, Skylar, I'll let you ask in a second. Sorry, tangents. But yeah, we were in an AAU final in, uh, in the, on the West Coast. They got up like 14 to 8 and then just held the ball the rest of the half. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is not <laughs> basketball. Like play defense, let's actually have possessions. I think we ended with like 40 possessions total. It was awful. I hate no <laughs> shot clock. That's my AAU complaint of the day, Skylar, sorry. Thanks, Brian, gotta get it in there. Just like my ranch shock, you gotta get it yeah, exactly. in there every pod. Um, Speaking so of ranch. <laughs> Great, great segue. Thank you. Um, so I lived in Chicago for a year. I actually went to DePaul my first year of college. So I was actually pretty close to UIC. Um, so what was it like transitioning to living in Chicago? And did you like living in Chicago after being in the UK? I definitely think the hardest thing was the weather. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That Chicago weather is so tough. Yeah, it is. Before I decided I wanted to go to America, well, deciding my school um first thing I said is I want to go somewhere hot mm -hmm. and then, yeah, I just literally picked the opposite yeah <laughs> um so yeah I think the weather was tough for me um culture wise I think I was okay because I've been to America a few times so yeah. um I wasn't shocked about anything I love food as well so that mm -hmm. was oh. best Chicago's thing ever. an incredible food city did you get into the yeah. deep dish scene of for course, pizza of oh did you go to Portillo's yeah oh, oh man and I it was everything was literally five minutes away from my dorm mm -hmm. as well so I had all of the choices yeah um, so I, no, go ahead sorry what did you miss about the UK when you were in Chicago? And now looking back, do you miss anything about Chicago when you're back in the UK? Good question. Uh, definitely miss my family and friends. Yeah. 100% miss birthdays, Christmas, mm -hmm. all the yeah. festivals I, I missed because I was in Chicago. Basketball uh, is tough too. FaceTime. Yeah. Basketball is yeah. tough too because you play through Christmas, you play through winter mm -hmm. breaks. 
Yeah, exactly. And some of my um, English teammates in America, they got to go home. Um, mm. And my coach, she was pretty tough. So the one year we actually had Christmas, a couple of days in Christmas off, I said, okay, can I go home? And her response was, do you want to live at home forever? No. <laughs> so you're going to have to get used to being away from home. Jeez. Wow, that's a savage wow. response. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... You're like, I'm 19. I just, I just want to see my parents. What are you talking about? Yeah, great. Exactly. Who are you? Why do you hate your parents? (laughs) Well, I think probably maybe she did. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Okay. I have one more, just very, this is such a random Chicago Midwest question, but, and this might take some explaining, which is more aggressive midwestern passive aggression or british passive aggression because in the u.s midwestern passive aggression i think is the most confusing to other people in the u.s and because it's i don't know if people in the uk fully fully know what i'm talking about but midwesterners are very passive aggressive and i've heard that it's kind of the same the same way that that Brits are. And I mean, I've lived in the UK, so I've kind of experienced it. And it is pretty similar. I was able to kind of adapt pretty quickly to it because I grew up in the Midwest. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about right now? Or am I just on some insane? No, I completely understand. I think maybe that's why I adjusted so well. Yeah. Because we are actually similar Uh in the sense of even our humor as well. I think we're we're very hard to please. Yes. (laughs) Um, yeah what else um I'm a very straight to the point Mm -hmm. compared to well Midwest in terms of everywhere else in America very straight to the point and yeah I love that as well so yeah I even had a coach she rather than laughing she'll just say hysterical (laughs) like no laughter or whatsoever so it's like okay you're you're okay but it's not that funny that I'm gonna laugh (laughs) I'm not gonna give you the satisfaction of a laugh that's so funny (laughs) I don't feel emotion I will just express it to you in in language (laughs) yeah and Brits would just be like "Eh, I didn't really find that funny sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's the cultural differences like if you play on east coast like in in New York in Boston really just aggressive there is no there is no passive aggression west coast it's very laid back um, so it's funny to see the different, uh, you know, Midwest might be the best British culture fit, uh, yeah, yeah. of any of the different regions to go to. And then do you miss anything about in the U S yeah, you miss the ranch I mean, dressing? <laughs> <laughs> we actually wasn't allowed to put any sauce on our meals pregame. So that was annoying because you'll wow. see the ranch sauce just right there. Actually, even <laughs> saying the word ranch I'm, in the English accent, you'll say ranch. Ranch. <laughs> In America, I'm like ranch. Like I fully have to <laughs> ranch. <laughs> ranch. God, it is an American word. Ranch. I say it so yeah. Midwestern too. Ranch. <laughs> That's really um, funny. So yeah, the food. Oh god, I miss the food so much. I miss um, a lot of my friends as well that I've made being out there, um, and even just playing college basketball is so different to playing professionally. Having yeah. your conference after January yeah I miss I miss that side of it too and this is a very random question but the wall graphic you have of yourself behind you is that a fathead <laughs> do you know yeah, if it's a, a from a brand body. called fathead I actually got a fathead but I left it in America because I, there was no way I could 
I could oh, carry no. it. But that well, one was a stick on, so it was rolled up in a cylinder, so I was yeah. able to carry it back home. And That's... I got that. Um, that was in my third year, actually, um, in the conference tournament. That's amazing, because my wife, the queen of hoops, worked at Fathead in Detroit. That's a Detroit company. Yeah, so it she, is actually. Yeah, yeah. The, the so, yeah. so she might have, uh, Skylar, she might have sent that over to her. Yeah, she, she might did have literally a bunch printed of sports. that and sent it to you. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. She worked actually, on a lot of the college deals. We was in Detroit for the conference tournament. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What year was that? Was I living there? What year was the conference tournament? Uh, 2016. Oh, I had just left. Yeah. That would have been crazy uh, if I would have gone to it because I went to all the <laughs> basketball tournaments there. That's insane. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> Switching gears a little bit. You won a silver medal at the 2018 Commonwealth Games. Incredible achievement. You're a silver medalist forever. <laughs> what was it like competing in those games in Australia? It was amazing. Best experience, hands down. I think UK basketball is tough because you don't really get much recognition from your country. Um, so no one really expected us to do very well, especially having Canada, Australia. Yeah. Um, in Big our... basketball cultures. Exactly. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, they're just going to maybe not even make it out of the pools. So coming second was just amazing. We being around so many different athletes as well mm -hmm. from different sports as well it's brilliant um and Jeff taking home the silver medal is just it's amazing to see my family and friends so proud as well and yeah it's just what well, your women's teams for in the UK for basketball are kind of like our women's teams for football soccer where they're so much better than the men but they need to get more attention and so you like I think I don't know if the men made it out of the pool round right in the uh, Commonwealth Games? No, they didn't. Yeah, no. and you got silver. Yeah. So like, so yeah. it's kind of, let's run through some of our teammate questions here for that Commonwealth team. Let's you do wanna it. do that? Let's do yeah. it. Who was the funniest player on that team? <laughs> funniest. Um... This was three years ago. It seems like a lifetime ago. I know, I'm I know. we've on the team again. I know, I know. <laughs> we sprung this on you. <laughs> right. I probably think I was probably the funniest. <laughs> That's great. Most likely to late for the bus. Late. Um, I'm trying to think. I think there was one time someone was late. Who was it, though? It might have been... Uh, Chantel Presley. I think she was late one time. All I right. also trust that you're just like, we're women, we're professionals, we're not like, <laughs> like all the men we've asked that question, they've automatically had an immediate, name. immediate like, response. I think someone might have been late one time, but no, we're, we're women. We're yeah, and it was probably like one minute, maybe everyone yeah. was already on the yeah. bus. And you, you was just the last one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most bounce on the team. Bounce. <laughs> um, Probably Rachel Vandal. Nice. Yeah. Right. Who is the best? Yeah, her jump shot is high. Yeah. Skylar, you got one. Sorry, my mic disconnected. Style. Say again, Skylar. Who has the best style? Yes, Malita, <laughs> yes. you're winning all of these. Let's go. Just say yourself for all the good ones. I'm I here for it. Right, like yourself up. <laughs> I think Azania as well, but Azania has a nice, nice little swag to her as well. Love it. 
All right, we can end there. I love this. Yeah. I love that you Quick won one. multiple categories. <laughs> <laughs> when there was only like four. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so what excited you about the opportunity to play in the WBBL? Like, was it something that you had been thinking about since you were younger and started playing in the UK? It's actually funny because I always told myself never to play in the WBBL, never come back home to play. It's just not worth it. There's no that money. That coach told you. She was like, do you want to live at home? You were like, fuck, I can't play at the WBBL. I can't exactly. go home. <laughs> You're right. Um, and I think at a certain point in my career, I was just thinking what is actually best for me? And mm -hmm. at that time, um, I had sat out from basketball for um, a little while because when I was in Spain the coach halfway through the season uh, literally just benched me he oh. I guess we, we didn't have a connection um, so I wanted to play in the WBBL just to get my feet wet again uh, get yep. my confidence back up and then go back overseas um, and it was nice as well because I got to well, actually, no, I didn't play a home game. So no one got to see me play. My parents traveled to one away game. Other than that, yeah, it was. Yeah, well, I saw, I saw a Hoops Fix throwback post where I think you dropped like 18 points or something in your first game. And it was yeah. like, it was starting to roll a little bit. Uh, and then injury strikes. So Skylar, I think that's a question for you queued up here. Yeah, injuries, you know, they're always so devastating. Do you have any advice for others going through the recovery process? Um, I think just take take everything step by step. So mm -hmm. win small goals rather than just try to jump to that big goal. Um, every week you'll definitely see an improvement. So um, I think that's what's kept me positive about being injured. Um, and I think maybe trying to find something outside of your sport to keep your mind occupied as well is is yeah. a great way to mm -hmm. to get over being injured it's yeah. i mean an acl injury especially what three games into the season yep three games oh was it during a game practice no, it was yeah practice practice oh, devastating yeah. but christina gaskin has a question um which friend of the pod podcast guest on high t hoops has it been any easier dealing with an ACL injury during a period of such inconsistency? And, you know, not that you wish that any of this happens or, or helped you, but is there a benefit to this? Like the season's up and, you know, everything's up in the air. There's a lot of pros going unsigned. Is it kind of a, a better year to kind of go through that rehab process? Uh, I think there's good and bad. So okay. I'll start with the bad. So I tore my ACL in, October 2019 mm -hmm. and because I was in England and in the league you don't really have um, an insurance policy I guess with the team also yeah. I wasn't planning on staying too long so I didn't really sign up a, a official contract yeah um, so I had to go through the NHS and it was forever the wait was just ridiculously long Ugh. i think my first surgery date was in it was in february so wow that's a long yes. time to sit with a torn acl exactly but then my um snc coach said actually it's a positive because you can work on your knee get it back strong again hmm. and then have the surgery and the comeback is actually quicker than okay. to get it straight after you torn it um and then yeah covid hit and it was a week 
two weeks before my surgery that I got a call from the hospital saying that it's going to be postponed um and they couldn't give me a date obviously because they didn't know where COVID yeah. was going to end so it was literally just a waiting game and I didn't end up getting my surgery until August and August almost yeah, a year August later exactly almost a year later so I guess that's the bad side of it the fact that I've had to wait so long to start my rehab process yeah, and yeah. I'm only five months in so yeah. I, I could have been playing by now yeah um but then because the season is so up in the year I'm kind of happy because yeah. I don't have to watch many games I'm not missing yeah. many games either and yeah like you said so many players are unsigned as well so I kind of feel like everyone's feeling my pain right now yeah mm-hmm. it's also I'm sure nice like all those players, they are risking COVID every time they're playing. So, like, I'm sure it's nice that you're able to just kind of be safe and not be risking COVID. Yeah, exactly. You're right. The gym that I go to is only for elite athletes and there's only a few people in there. So I'm grateful I still have that and I'm not just doing my rehab at home as well. Um, But, yeah, I do feel a lot safer than a lot of the other players who have to kind of try to stick with their bubble and then... Mm-hmm. obviously playing so do you have a plan for getting back on the court and do you want to play again or what's your what's your kind of plan going forward uh so I definitely want to play again definitely when I go overseas um I actually don't mind staying in London playing for the London Lions game because they've had uh, they have a new owner and yep. they're mm-hmm. they're looking at helping the women's game or the women's side a lot more um so if they're planning to go to the Euro Cup, I may as well stay at home. Yeah. You know, yeah. Great opportunity. Um, my process in my rehab right now, um, I'm not in a rush to get back. I don't think there's a point in rushing to get back because there may not even be any games to get back to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just taking it slow. I am ahead of schedule, um, just naturally by working hard. Um, so... I think maybe give it a month and I think I'll be I'll be ready to play but whether I decide to start playing straight away or just mm-hmm. try to get my game back is is another question we'll see. Yeah. I mean speaking of the London Lions we've had, you know, DeAndre Liggins on the podcast, Byron Mullins, um, we've talked to 777 partners, the new owners of the Lions and it's been pretty incredible to see what they've been able to grow in London and how bullish they are on basketball in the UK. And, you know, unfortunately, the news just broke this morning that due to COVID outbreak on the team, they're not able to play in FIBA Europe Cup or at least in that initial group stage is kind of up in the air of what's going to happen next. But I think, you know, Skylar and I, there's so much opportunity for basketball to grow, especially in London, where even talking to DeAndre Liggins is like, why did you come to London instead of, you know, Spain or Greece or other countries you could have played in? Mm -hmm. And it's there's not the language barrier. There's a lot of financial opportunities, brand deals that you can sign. London is a really fun city to live in. There's so many advantages. So what do you think the WBBL can do to kind of help grow that interest of basketball in the UK? Um, I think signing more international players. Well, first, you need the money (laughs) to do that. I do think if more money was put into the WBBL, then, yeah, being able to have different international players come over to improve the game, which then kind of sprinkles down to grassroots level because they're able to see better competition they've got more to look up to um that will just naturally improve the game in the country 
Um, so yeah, once we get more international players, then I think there's more talk around the world about British basketball. And you know, mm. once the gossip kind of starts, then um, it, it's great. More people want to come. More people want to watch the game as well because it's better. More. Yeah brand deals, endorsement deals. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it definitely just starts with the money. Yeah. <laughs> Skylar, can we convince Sue Bird to uh, spend a year in London, play for the London Lions and like her 41st <laughs> year or whatever? <laughs> Maybe like her last year. Maybe. Who this knows? Is a, this We'd is a Seattle Storm Megan podcast. Yes. Megan, oh. Sue, spend a year in London. Let's sign Megan to the Tottenham team. Oh, that would be great. So shifting gears a little bit, um, can you tell us about Stop the Violence and the mission of Stop the Violence? Yeah, so living in Chicago, everyone knows gang violence is just off the roof. Yeah. Um, and I think I was very much exposed to that, um, after, especially after losing my friend in my, um, in my sophomore year. Uh, so I decided to start a campaign. We had a Stop the Violence game in Chicago um, and then I carried it over to London after the massive growth in knife crime in London. Mm-hmm. So um, I decided to do an event, tried to get all of the best people from London playing against each other. I did a celebrity game as well, um, just to create awareness about basketball and how it can change someone's life. Because I know a lot of people who were previously in gangs or just going mm-hmm. in the wrong direction and after finding basketball they've kind of turned their life around mm-hmm. um so yeah that was that was my purpose and hopefully I was supposed to do another event in 2020 yeah. but yep corona stopped that oh, so hopefully fingers crossed this summer if not then next summer I'll definitely do um some camps maybe and another event as well yeah, well, you had Justin Robinson and some other Lions players at the last yeah. event, right? That yeah, really I was fun. actually shocked they all said yes. Literally everyone, <laughs> I had about 30 players and I'm like, they're probably going to say no. So then we add more people on yeah. and everyone said yes. So I had a full <laughs> roster on both teams. That's <laughs> it's amazing. amazing. And you mentioned that, you know, during the, you know, rehab or physical therapy process, it's good to find things outside of the sport that you're interested in. And we've talked about this with, we had Zoe, Zoe Skamen on the podcast who talks about athlete branding and how finding your pillars where, okay, are you interested in basketball and fashion and gaming and create, like, what are your different things that you like to try to help build your brand a little bit more? So what are the things that you enjoy outside of basketball? You know, you have to stop the violence, which is, has an incredible mission. Are there other things that you like to do outside the game? Yeah, I like to do a lot of stuff. I'm very spontaneous. So you can say, let's do this and I'll be down to do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, building my pillars, it was kind of hard because I was so broad. Every week I wanted to do something new. I wanted to be a rapper yeah. at one point. <laughs> so, um, being injured for so long has given me the opportunity to kind of try out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I actually wanted to start my own podcast. But amazing yeah yeah do, do it too indecisive i find it a little bit hard to just start i think that's the yeah. hardest part just just starting it well um, here's your call start a podcast we yeah. need more voices in <laughs> british basketball yeah i'll try i'll try i'll start your it. audio quality is amazing you're already like half the way there you've already got a great yes. background you can play you can record in front of yourself <laughs> yeah. besides the coats though no it's, it's great okay <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't have no other space. What What would your podcast be about? What would you focus on? Um, I think I would do something along the lines of interviewing different athletes from different sports. Um, mm-hmm. Once COVID is over, maybe joining in with their session just to find out oh, what nice. it's like to be, let's say, a, um, a track runner. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Doing a session with them talking to them about how they get endorsement deals and um, how they survive as well. Because being, especially in the UK, being a basketball player, there's, you don't, your income's not yeah. that great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I know anyone in the UK that's with a brand either. There's not that many brand deals. Maybe I think Teo has one with Puma maybe from the Surrey Scorchers. Yeah. There's only a few, but they're not huge on social media either, which hurts. You know, they're not, there's not exactly. a lot of them with a huge following, even though they're incredible players on the court. Yeah. So I definitely would see, would like to see how they kind of do it and bring it over to basketball to try mm-hmm. and make that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love a YouTube channel where you go and train with the different athletes and see what their schedules are like and see if you can hang or not with the different workouts. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. That would actually be really fun. So yeah, I'll yeah. see. I'll try to set that up. I've Brian always will push you to start it. Yeah, he is I, I constantly will. pushing me to start. New <laughs> That's channels. what I need. <laughs> I'm like, Duchess. Brian's your guy then we, you can take him. <laughs> Melita, when we started this podcast, we had a horrible idea to do a fan guide leading up to the NBA bubble. So we did one team every day. I think I almost killed Skylar one we podcast did, we a did day. 21 pods in 21 days. And it was, oh, wow. I Skylar was yeah about to crumble. <laughs> I'm just having. I was, I was crying in the middle of pods. I, it was bad. We figured yeah. it out at this point. But we yeah, did figure it out. We can. If you ever want to start a pod, you need some resources. We've got gotcha. you. Yeah, oh, accountability. Thank you. Thank also, you. what sport would you? What sport would be most interesting for you to train? All while you think about that, I would love to go through a hurdler workout because their training looks impossible for normal human beings <laughs> you How don't do have they, the flexibility for that i have I no like my hip flexors would pop the first time <laughs> i would try to get over one of those hurdles it's insane it's true actually um interesting sport do you know what i think boxing oh yeah. that would be a fun one yeah that, that would be, be fun, fun. and right now the gym that i go to a lot of boxers professional boxers come to the gym too so um seeing their workouts is so much different to mine and then after they say okay yeah I've got a sparring session or um just a regular session and I'm like that's tiring like playing basketball to me is not really tiring but if I was to spar for three minutes I'll be shattered after so I think that that would be a, a good one and then just how fast they move like you don't quite understand how fast a good yeah. boxer is exactly their hands terrifying. like they play around and kind of just yeah and you're just like, like oh my god like, ah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh skylar any more questions before we close this out no i think i got my my midwest questions in so Perfect. i think i've fulfilled my duty on this podcast for the day okay so we've decided you're starting a podcast and a youtube channel <laughs> It's going to focus on other athletes. Maybe you can introduce some of your fashion advice to some other athletes as well. There's that element. That's how you start getting those brand deals. Get those free clothes. (laughs) Exactly. I'm so not really repping anything. I guess I saw it first if you want to, you know, sponsor the the YouTube channel. (laughs) Exactly. Get some sponsors on there. All right. Melita, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.